Second hour on this Friday morning. Hope everybody's having a good start to your day. Darren, Donnie, and Chase here on 1025 The Game. Don't forget, this is the hour for your chance to qualify. Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. You know that grand prize. We've been qualifying people all week and next week before we announce the grand prize winner next Friday at 5.30 p.m. That trip includes round-trip airfare to Dallas, hotel accommodations in Dallas, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve, and, of course, a pair of tickets to see the Winter Classic to see the Predators and the Stars at the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. Prizes courtesy of Outback Presents. For more details, visit the game, Nashville.com. We say hello to Mike Rupp, NHL Network. You can watch the Stanley Cup champion uh, and the NHL Network analyst Mike Rupp on NHL tonight, 5 p.m. Central today throughout the regular season. Uh, you can visit NHLnetwork.com for your local channel listings. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. You know a little bit about the Winter Classic as a player, don't you? Yeah, I've been in a couple of them. That's one of the best memories of, of being a player in my career. So, yeah, no, it's uh, something to look forward to. You guys getting jacked up for it down there? Yeah, we've never obviously been a, a part of it. And so, yeah, we are taking the show on the road. We are all going to Dallas. We'll be doing a radio show down there. And, of course, we'll be covering the game. And, uh, you know, they're saying 80,000, 90,000 people at the Cotton Bowl. And so, to experience something like that, I kind of view it as a once in a lifetime, and we're, we're jacked up. What was it like as a player? It was just, it was just unique. I mean, it was. I think that when you think back of the beginning of hockey, when it's kind of in its purest form, it's played outside, and you get to feel the breeze, kind of come blown through your jersey, and um, you know that that's it. Really does they do a great job of capturing that same feeling that you probably had as a kid playing outdoor hockey for a lot of us and um it's it it's very it's the unique thing about it is that it feels way bigger than just two points in the standings so you got to kind of manage that on both sides because i i was a part of one that we lost and i was a part of one that we won and uh so i think that that's the biggest thing as a player is it feels huge i mean it feels like you've it feels like you're <laughs> you're playing in a, a a gigantic playoff game, and uh, I think that that's one of the things you have to manage afterwards. Enjoy it during, but afterwards, whether you win, you really haven't accomplished anything, <laughs> and then when you lose, you still got a long season ahead of you. So uh, there's you know there's there's ways to uh, you got to find ways to get back on track. Obviously, you don't play in open air, you don't play in front of a crowd that size. So how how different? is it for a player? And I know you had success, I believe, in, what, 2012. You had a couple of goals in that Winter Classic game. But but what is it like as a player to hear that roar? Like I said, they're, you know, we're expecting to, to be a part of eighty to 90,000 people at the Cotton Bowl. What is that like to feel that on the ice during a game? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really different feeling um, rather than being in an arena. It's uh, obviously a lot more people. Because I mean, I, I the ones I played in didn't have the numbers that we're talking in the Cotton Bowl. But even being in a in a baseball stadium or a, or an NFL stadium that I've been, and the the crowd is like a there's a slower build to the cheering, but it's the when they peak, it's it's really powerful. I mean, it's something I've never experienced before. I think at times because of the placement of the the rink in the stadium, you have. There's a little bit of a delayed reaction with, you know, say there's a, a 
post that's hit or a big hit or something on those lines. It takes a couple seconds. Then you just kind of feel the, the build of the crowd, and um, it, it's, it's unique. It almost feels like, uh, I don't know, it, it, it just it feels like just a, a thunderous, slow build, and then when it peaks, I mean, you feel it, and you, you, uh, it's, it's unlike anything else. Uh, but when you're playing, it's, it's almost to the point where it doesn't feel like there's even a crowd there at times because it's just a really weird, unique feel. The fans are usually on top of you in the arenas, and this time they're not. I said this morning that after uh, last night's game in Colorado, which obviously was uh, not did not go the Predators' way, the second period was just a complete meltdown. I think uh, five goals in four and a half minutes for Colorado, and they skated away with the nine four victory. The first time in Predators franchise history they've ever given up nine goals in a game, which is hard to believe. But that did happen last night. I said this morning, you know, a lot of times through the course of an eighty two game season, you just have those clunkers and. Usually my standard line over the years has been just wad it up and throw it in the trash and move on. But this one I said, you know what, I, I'm not going to say that. This one you, you keep with you. It, you. This one needs to sink in. This one you need to feel heading to Northern California when you take on the Sharks tomorrow night in Vancouver on Tuesday to finish out this road trip. Like You, you need to take this one with you. You, you played it. Well, how do you feel about it? And when you had those nights when just nothing went your way as a player and as a team, how did you handle it? How did the team handle it? Yeah, no, I think you're right. You, you, you certainly have those nights in the season where you just got to chalk it up. You know that it's not you. It's not your team identity, and it's nothing that you you do consistently as far as having those off games. So, yeah, you want to throw those in the trash. The only problem I have with yesterday's game is it happened with a team that you. I just have a feeling you're going to have to go through to get to where you want to be. So this is all throughout the season. You want to you want to establish the um, you want to establish plant the seed of doubt in, in some of those teams, right? And the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And I don't know. I, I just think that in the game, probably for both teams, neither team probably played to the level that they wanted. I mean, you have uh, it's you know it, you don't have the full lineup in in Colorado, and for them to able to score that many goals against you it's it can't be a great feeling and you just got to try to find a way to you know have that chip on your shoulder and carry it on because you got to start sending a message I think the biggest thing for Nashville and Colorado I mean honestly in that division in that central division if you want you, you got to finish first or you got to finish fourth I, you don't want to play two or three <laughs> come playoff time because that's that matchup we talk about and the way that the league's set up uh, these two teams are probably going to see each other, and you're going to have a very good team knocked out earlier than they should be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, you want this game. You want to take some of it with you. So the next time you match up, you want to say, hey, we got to start playing that seed of doubt because we did a poor job last time. So when you look at the division, we, we know that the Blues are the defending Stanley Cup champs. They've got one of their star players out for a long time before he's reevaluated. They haven't missed a beat since that's happened. You just mentioned, alluded to Colorado. Uh, they didn't have two really important guys in Landeskog and Rantanen. And, oh, by the way, their starting goaltender. Grubauer wasn't in the lineup either. And you see what they can do. You've seen the Predators. The lay of the land in the division. How do you, how do you see that as we move forward, I mean, into the second month of the season? Well, I, I think that when you look at the teams, I mean, those – 
those teams you just mentioned, um, it's they're built well. Health is obviously a huge concern with the teams. Um, I, I just think that this this is a very unique situation I feel in Nashville because I would say as long as this team has been in Nashville, we've never really talked about, and they probably have never been leaders. I don't want to say probably. I'm pretty confident they have never been up to the top of the league in goals for. They are this year, and they're scoring goals. They're they they can beat you multiple di- all, all different ways, and I, I just feel like this is a year that, barring being healthy, I think this is a year for Nashville to really to get back to where they want to be, and that's the Stanley Cup Finals. But it's hard because you look across the league and, and you what the St. Louis Blues did last year and the structure they play with, and that the way they've been playing this year, even with Tarasenko being out, that team kind of scares me. I mean, I think that they took what they, they they took that experience last year. I thought they'd have a little bit of a reset this year and drop back. They're better now. Uh, Colorado is a team that I put them in a category probably with the – they're a little further ahead of schedule right now than the New York Rangers, but those two teams for the next, you know, five-plus years are going to be absolute contenders every year. So this is kind of that spot, I think, where the National Predators got to make their move and uh, there's some real powerhouses, and you look in that division, and another team that's starting to find their way is the Dallas Stars. Uh, so they've got some ground to make up. But, I mean, you again, you don't want to finish second or third in that division. That's going to be a nightmare first round. Mike Rupp from the NHL Network is here with us on Darren, Donick, and Chase. And you, you brought up the offense for the Predators, and they really didn't make you know major changes except for the addition of Duchesne and the subtraction of of P.K. Subban, added an assistant coach in Dan Lambert. So what is it that you see from the 10,000-foot the view that has changed with this offense with the Preds? I've been getting some time to let guys settle in there. Um, you know, you, you talk about even when you look back to last year, and some of those players are not there. But, you know, I mean, it was – when you, that team went and got Wayne Simmons, when they got uh, – Brian Boyle, when they when they got um, you know Mikel Granlin, they got these guys like everybody was kind of getting moved all around the place. Now you're starting to see with some of those guys gone, you got Granlin still there. They're starting to get some continuity. You get Duchesne in there, and I think now that you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And geez, I would even go look as far as what happened in St. Louis last year. It takes time, and in the first half of that year, St. Louis made so many off-season moves, great off-season moves the prior year. To winning the cup in the in the off season, it took almost half a year for them to start feeling, you know, where guys are slotting in. I think Nashville has started to figure those things out. Matthew Shane's been very seamless transition. I think that's key because when you make a big off season acquisition like that, you want to make it work. And sometimes you got to move a bunch of pieces around to make it work. And they haven't really seemed like they had to do that. So uh, we know about the great decor, a decor that's so good that you can trade a PK Subban. Um, the goaltending, Pecorine has been one of the best, uh, one of the best regular season guys for a long time, and um, you know that that's still there. So I, I think all the pieces are there, the hunger's there. Um, this is this is probably the best chance I see for the National Predators. They're not surprising anybody, but this is the best team I've seen in Nashville since they've gotten there. You bring up the decor, and you know Roman Yossi, the captain, just got the big deal. That's it's what a lot of people talk about, but. 
Another guy that I have been very impressed with this season has been Ryan Ellis. He played in all 82 games last year, but there was something that was just seemed off with him, and he battled through some some injuries and all of that. But now he's second on the team in points with 16. You can see just you know how good he is offensively and defensively. What have you seen out of Ellis? Yeah, I really like him, and, and, and Ryan Ellis is a player. He's got a big-time shot. He can change the game with his shot. He thinks a certain way. He's gritty. He'll get in there. I love the way he blocks shots. He does everything he wants a defenseman to do. Um, you got, I give him a lot of credit the way that he's come from junior hockey into this league, and he's he's developed, and I think that he's in the right organization to develop. When you look, at, maybe he doesn't get the notoriety nationally, that he should, but that's because of the way this decor has been built over the years. Uh, there's so many guys who kind of take that limelight. Um, but I think it's awesome. It's perfect for him because he's been able to come along now, and, and that's a huge piece. Uh, he's a guy, he's a difference maker, and he could change the game, like I said, real quick with his shots. So, um, you know, Roman Yossi's a, a guy that I, I would – I think Roman Yossi's the best defenseman, all-around defenseman in the league. Um, I uh, eh, hold on, I'll maybe put him at number two. I Victor Hedman to me just a little bit more, but I mean you're talking about a lot of great defensemen in the league, and, and Roman Yossi's like my one B um, in, in the league. So uh, the, these guys are all learning together; they're getting it done together. And one of the most underrated ones in the past probably four years has been Matthias Ekholm. So. Uh, this this decor is in a great spot with those guys and the contributions and growth of guys like Ryan Ellis. We totally agree with you, but we're very biased. Uh, Mike, really appreciate <laughs> the visit, as always. Thanks for doing this, and we'll be watching today. Awesome, guys. Thank you. All right, that is Mike Rupp, NHL Network, and he will be a part of the team for NHL tonight at 5 p.m. today on NHL Network, and we appreciate him joining us. He was in two Winter Classics as a player, had a couple goals and one, so he certainly understands the memory. You'll have a chance to qualify for that incredible trip this hour. So this hour, your next opportunity after this hour will be at 3 p.m. in the 3 o'clock hour today. Remember, when you hear that Predators player give you the cue to call, identify that player and call in and tell us who that player is. And if you're the first one to do so, you will be qualified. So just be listening this hour. We'll come back more of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next.